Hey friends, and welcome to episode 26 of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornett, and today's guest interview was recorded a few months ago when we were allowed to move more freely about the country. My guest, Lauren Felter, a professional speaker and entrepreneur, had just sold her home and was gearing up for an entire year of adventure and cross-country travel. But then the coronavirus had other plans. What Felter shared during her pre-coronavirus quarantine interview is too good not to share with you guys. And I think it's just as valuable for you to hear how she's pivoted as a result of the stay-at-home measures and what it was like for her plans to be turned completely upside down. Make sure you stick around until the end of her interview, where I've included a quick update straight from Felter herself. But first, let me tell you what you need to know about Lauren Felter. Known by her last name since middle school, Felter is a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and one day published author. She recently gave up her job as a technology and legal services consultant to pursue her passions full-time. Through her brand, Felter Unfiltered, she shares authentically with young women about finding your joy, knowing your worth, seeking growth, challenging convention, healing from shame, and rejecting perfection. She also works with professionals to understand sexual assault and supports parents in having shame-free sex talk with their children. In today's conversation, Felter shares how she planned for an entire year of travel, what inspired her to walk away from a successful career and start over as a professional speaker. She shares how she uses theme days to create structure in her life as an entrepreneur, part-time employee, and speaker. She talks about the surprising creative benefits to vegging out in front of keeping up with the Kardashians, as well as the importance of knowing your worth regardless of your industry or job title. You can find links to all of the productivity tools and resources Felter mentions in this episode, as well as links to stay in touch with her on social media over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 26. How to support small businesses during this time has been an important topic of conversation, as it should be. Small businesses are the fabric of America, and I'm proud to be a business owner myself. One way that you can support my small business without opening your wallet is to leave a review in iTunes for It's About Time and to share the podcast with your friends. In fact, I encourage you to write reviews for any podcast you love, as well as make an effort to like and share social media posts by businesses you love. They're both completely free, but incredibly impactful ways that you can show your support. Your reviews play a huge role in helping others find It's About Time in the search results. And you might just get a shout out in a future episode, like this one from Jen Connect 3. Jen Connect 3 was so kind to leave a five-star rating and review. Jen writes, provides hands-on tips and strategies for success. Thank you for taking that leap of faith and branching out into a new beginning that is helping so many people. 
I've been listening to your podcasts in the kitchen while I'm preparing dinner, and I'm always delighted with a new tool or strategy I am able to implement into my own routines to help me be more in control of my life rather than life just rolling along and I'm along for the ride. Your podcasts offer tangible tips that are lifesavers. My hat goes off to you for your boldness and sharing your knowledge with us. Jen, you are truly a gem. Thank you so much for your support and for your kind review. I'm honored to join you in the kitchen as you're prepping dinner, and I hope that there's something in each episode that helps make your life even a tiny bit better, happier, and easier. I'm so grateful to have you as a listener. As I mentioned earlier, make sure to stick around until the end for an update on how Felter has adapted and what she's doing now. And with that, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Felter, and welcome to It's About Time. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm just excited to connect with you this morning. So in the intro, I shared a little bit about you and what you do from your professional bio, but we always like to hear straight from you. Can you tell us all how you spend your time these days? Yes. So um, as of January 6th, I'm self-employed for the first time in my life. Um, So I am a professional speaker working to grow my business. And I also work part-time as um, kind of like a freelance consultant for a higher ed technology company based out of Atlanta. Um, And then, you know, Personally, um, I currently live in Baton Rouge, but my house is in the process of being sold um, so that I can travel the country for about a year while I grow my speaking business. Wow, that that sounds like quite an adventure and a lot to get ready for. What are you how are you preparing for a year on the road? Um, well, you know, it's funny that you say that because um I, you know, I I plan my time pretty meticulously. And I was looking at my calendar the other day saying like, oh, I really need to put a block of time to actually pack um, because my parents are coming tomorrow to take like a load of stuff to storage for me. um, And I've packed absolutely nothing. So maybe I'll do that tonight. Um, but I mean, I've done a lot of research about how people send their kids off to camp for the summer, (laughs) like what they buy on Amazon to, you know, put all their stuff in, um, because I'm basically going to be living out of my car for this, um, this period of time. Wow. So what inspired you to just take off and hit the road for a year? Um, so I think, you know, I, 
did all the things. Um, I had the job, the relationship, the house, the master's degree. Um, you know, I checked all these boxes and I just continuously would, you know, sit down at the end of the day and just say, I, I'm just not happy. I just, this isn't what I want. Um, I, I left a job that I was at for six years and then I went to a new job and just every day it was like, I just really, really hate my life. Um, and so just kind of started thinking like, something's got to change. Like I, I can't just keep doing this day in and day out. And I guess I should mention that at this point, I, I started writing my book that I will one day publish, um, this past April. So I've been writing for almost a year now and I have 35,000 words total with a goal to get to like 50 or 60,000. Oh, wow. So you're and I was there. I would, <laughs> thanks. Um, and I would just, you know, tell myself like, if I die tomorrow, I just have words in a Google doc that no one will ever read. And so I need to start taking active steps to like make this happen. Like if, if I want to be a speaker, if I want to, you know, go out on my own, I need to do it and kind of itching to move out of Baton Rouge at the same time. And I was on the phone with one of my best friends and I was like, you know, I want to move, but like, I just, I don't know where yet. Like I've been to a lot of places, but I, I I can't say that I particularly want to live in one. And so she was like, you know, why don't you travel? Um, and obviously, you know, that night broke out a spreadsheet and played in it for several hours. And I was like, okay, I think I can make this work. Wow. Um, well, that is incredibly inspiring. Just the fact that you know, you recognize, hey, it's now or never. It's time to take action. I have these dreams and I don't want to have any regrets. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that you mentioned that you pulled out a spreadsheet and checked to see if you made the numbers work. So I can imagine that there's a lot that's not just going into you prepping for this year on the road. You're also, you know, building your business as a professional speaker. You're writing your book and you have your part time job. Um, how are you making this all happen? Do you have any consistent routines or tools? You know, what what are your secrets here? Yeah. So um, one of my biggest gripes with like the traditional nine to five was, you know, that I felt that my time was used very inefficiently because, you know, in, in the modern working environment that we have, if something happens at 10 o'clock at night, you do it at 10 o'clock at night. If an email comes in and it's very important, you break out your computer, you do something for 30 minutes and then you put it away. Mm -hmm. And so I remember the days that, you know, it would be two o'clock on a Friday and I was sitting in my office and like, I just want to leave. I, you know, I'm, I'm done for the week, but you just have to sit there and let the clock run. I remember thinking like, this is so efficient. If I just worked for myself, I could do whatever I want, whenever I wanted. And, you know, I, um, I really enjoy like doing yoga. I just got into running and, you know, like with it getting dark early in the winter, I, I would get so frustrated because it's like, if I didn't have to stay here until five, I could go run in the afternoon. 
Um, so with that said, when I started working for myself, I kind of like went a little crazy. And in the first couple of weeks, I just completely booked my calendar with like, oh, I'm going to meet this person for coffee. And, you know, I'm going to bounce ideas off of this person and I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to do whatever. And then after about two weeks, it kind of caught up with me. And I was like, I am so overwhelmed because I'm not getting enough work done. And like every time I sit down at my computer, I just have this growing to-do list. Um, So actually had lunch with you um, and you kind of gave me a little bit of like a come to Jesus. Um, And so now what I do is Mondays and Wednesdays, I devote fully to my part-time consulting job. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I devote fully to Felter Unfiltered. Um, And then Friday is bonus day. So that means, you know, like if I want to play all day Friday, I can, if I need an extra work day, or if I have appointments, um, you know, just different things that need to get done. That's what I'll do on Friday. Oh, you are making my heart sing over here. I can't even tell you. <laughs> that sounds that sounds amazing to, to know that each day has a purpose and to give yourself that time to just be free and play and do whatever you need to do on Friday is awesome. And you feel like that's working out really well for you so far? Yeah. And I think, you know, something that's really important for me is a lot of what I do is incredibly creative. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to do a lot of brainstorming, like for my social media posts and blog posts, and even just like, you know, who am I going to reach out to for speaking opportunities? And so something that's really important for me is whenever an idea comes, write it down. So like, whether I'm driving, what which I'll make a voice memo, um, or if I'm having a com- if I'm having a conversation with someone, or I'm in the bathtub literally because driving and in the bath are when my best ideas come to me. Um, I have a note in my phone that's called ideas that need work, mm-hmm. and I just go and I put it there. And so then on my Tuesdays and Thursdays when I'm you know, trying to put together my social media posts and all these things, I have that that I can go back to and be like, oh, yeah, I have this idea about whatever. Because, you know, the creative process you can't force. And I want my content to be of a benefit to my audience. And I don't want it to just be, oh, I'm posting every day just to post every day. I want it to be, you know, that people are getting something out of it. Definitely. One thing that I have found, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners can agree with, especially those who are running their own business or who work in marketing or communications, is that you can't force quality content. You can force content. You can find something to post. You can find something to write about. You can pump out a blog post and hit publish, but it really is creating that space, that white space for recharge, that white space to let your mind wander, that is so critical to that creative problem solving. So often we feel the need to cram every single space on our calendar with something that's quote unquote productive when sometimes just letting your mind wander can be the most productive thing that you can do in a day. Uh, Yeah, so I actually have a really good story kind of based off that. So um, something about, you know, kind of growing a business is it can be really frustrating. And, you know, literally every day, like I wake up and I just put on sweatpants and I walk downstairs and I sit at my computer. 
And so one day last week, I, you know, had just gotten in a place where I was a little annoyed. I had gotten, I'd reached out to a bunch of people for different things. And it was a lot, it felt like a lot of no's back to back. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like, like this is the worst. And so I sat down on my couch and I was like, I'm just going to give myself an hour to just kind of like do whatever, put on whatever, and just kind of clear my Mm -hmm. head. And I put on the episode of keeping up with the Kardashians when (laughs) um, Kim married Chris Humphreys. And I was like, I just need to feel better about myself. And it, you know, ended up being like, it's two hour and a half long special. So it ended up being three hours that I sat there and I watched it. But the next day when I was driving, it inspired me of like, okay, this, you know, took, took place in 2011. So almost 10 years ago. And what are some things that we can learn from this experience? And so I ended up writing what I think is going to be a really, really great blog post, which is basically like takeaways from Kim's fairy tale wedding. Um, and just kind of talking about like being true to yourself in a relationship and knowing that your worth is more than just being married and, you know, all these really important things that I talk about already, but was inspired by an episode of keeping up with the Kardashians. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think, you know, let yourself, if you're having a crappy day, like just kind of, I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to like clear my head in some way because you cannot force creativity. Um, and nobody wants to just see garbage on their Instagram feed. That's how you're going to get unfollowed. Yeah. Amen. Seriously. Nobody wants to see garbage. Nobody wants to see phoning it in. So I love that you offer this advice of, you know, if you're having a bad day to give yourself that space to just walk away because, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier, we feel like the prescription is to dive in even harder to make things happen, which ends up being counterproductive. I actually had one of my coaching clients reach out to me earlier this week and she let me know that she was having a really rough Monday, that her head was spinning, she was completely overwhelmed, a to-do list a mile long, and my recommendation to her was to turn off the lights in her office, close the door, and to do a five-minute meditation just to get everything, just to slow down, clear her head so that she could approach this mountain of things to do with as much clarity as possible. And I was so excited when I heard from her later in the day that everything just completely turned around after having that moment of pause. And so now I know that I can recommend the Keeping Up with the Kardashians Kim and Chris wedding special as a new <laughs> a new method of clearing your head and stimulating your creativity. So thank you for that. But only if you have three hours to devote to it. Right, right, right. Clear the schedule. (laughs) I love it. So So in addition to making sure that you have that white space for creativity time, are there any tools that you've come across in the past few months of building your business that you can't live without? So I, um, I'm really, really big on efficiency. I was once asked in a job interview, you know, like what's something that you don't like to do. And I said, anything inefficient. Um, because I just believe that if you're going to do something, you should do it in a manner that, you know, takes the least amount of time for the greatest amount of impact. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so I have really been trying very hard to kind of streamline the tools that I'm using to make sure that I'm being efficient with my time and my energy. And, you know, there's nothing worse than double entering something in multiple places. Um, So what I've kind of devised, um, so I plan all of my social content via a Google Mm -hmm. sheet. So I have like multiple columns that are my different channels. Um, And so currently I am primarily on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I just broke into Twitter a little bit and I'm, you know, trying to grow Facebook and then eventually my YouTube. So, um, oh, and LinkedIn too, you know, can't, can't do it all. Um, And so I have every column is a different channel and then every row is a different day. And so I can kind of see that way. Like I generally plan out ideas of like this week, I want to talk about this. And then, oh, I know, you know, like this specific day is significant. So I'm going to make sure that I post about this, whatever. So that's kind of like the loose plan. And then I more tactically go to, I use Planoly for planning my Instagram posts. And then I use TweetDeck for Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. I just post like live. Um, but I, you know, use the Google sheet to help me when I'm, you know, going into those other platforms. Mm -hmm. And then I guess kind of like pre Google sheet is I keep all of my ideas. First, I put them in the note in my phone when I'm, you know, driving or in the bath. And then from there they get put into a sauna, into a project more kind of mapped out, um, in terms of, you know, like sections or things Mm -hmm. like that. So I use sauna to put it into the Google sheet, which is the calendar. So it's a lot of different things, but it's, it works for me. Um, because I know where to look at what part of the process, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and then I also use Asana for just like tasks, like follow up with this person or prep meeting materials for this, or on this date, you know, submissions are going to open for this conference sort of thing. So like more tactical to do. That's awesome. And yes, so I'm hearing Google Sheet, Planoly, TweetDeck, ideas in the phone note, Asana for projects, but I can definitely tell that the way that you have all of these tools mapped out, you know the purpose of each one, you know what you're going to find in each one, and each of these tools has a specific role in your overall process. One thing that I find overwhelms people, whether they're a business owner or they're, whether they're a business owner or they're just trying to manage their life, is that you know they know that as soon as they have an idea, they're supposed to capture it, but they'll end up with a notepad on their desk, a magneted notepad on the fridge that has other ideas. They'll have a notepad by their bed. They'll have stuff in phone notes. They'll have stuff thrown into a program like Todoist or Asana or Trello, and their head is still spinning, even though they're taking time to capture everything, because there are so many different places where the same kind of information can live that then you start to question, wait, where is this? And then none of your tools work for you. Right. Yeah. But it sounds like you have a really good process in place. So that's awesome. And it definitely takes some trial and error. Am I right? 
Yes. Um, so I, for years, have been an avid user of Wonderlist, mm-hmm. which was recently purchased by Microsoft, and it's going away and being sunsetted into, from what I've read online, an inferior really? product. Um, yes. And so it was really heartbreaking for me because, I mean, like everywhere that I worked, every person that I know now uses Wonderlist because of me. Because, you know, if we were working on a project together or something like, like, okay, I'm going to share a Wonderlist list with you. And, you know, this is how we're going to manage it. And then people end up loving it. I mean, literally, (laughs) that's what my parents use for their grocery list. So that if one of them goes to the store, they know, okay, you know, this is what we need sort of thing. Um, So I had to search for, you know, what am I going to use now that Wonderlist is going away? And that's when I found Asana. Um, and I would say it's pretty good. I'm, I'm cheap. So currently I refuse mm-hmm. to pay for a right. paid version and I'm only using the free version. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's good for right now, but I've had to do like a few workarounds to get it to be Interesting. what I need. So anybody who's been listening for a while knows that my task management program of choice is Trello and but I've been very curious about what Asana offers. So that's that's really interesting. And I also use the free version of Trello because the free version has tons of great um, options and settings and tools inside of it. But yeah, I would be really interested to mm-hmm. see what Asana is like. So let me shift gears to the topic of professional speaking. So Felter and I actually met at a meeting of the New Orleans National Speakers Association or the National Speakers Association New Orleans, either way. So we met because I think we were the two youngest people in the room by about 20 years. Uh, and I knew that like we, we ran into each other in the back of the room and ended up totally heading it off. And we've kept in touch ever since. And being a part of the National Speakers Association has really opened my eyes to what it takes to actually be a professional speaker. I think a lot of people picture the life of a speaker jet setting from city to city and it being this totally glamorous life of speaking on stages. And, you know, it's just it just seems really cool, uh, which it, I mean, it is in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of behind the scenes that people don't necessarily know about. Uh, Lauren, I'd love to know what is something unexpected that you found about being a professional speaker in the past few months? Um, oh, that's a good question. I think that um, I think that it's always a lot of explaining yourself, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, you know, like I think that people have have an understanding of it similar to, you know, a lot of freelancers deal with like, oh, you do photography, like, can you just come do it for free? Or, you know, oh, you do this, like they see it as it's not like, you're not like, it's not like gardening services or something that I know I have to pay for. So um, I think continuously showing your value and why you're worth what you're worth Um, also it's a major grind. I mean, so those Tuesdays and Thursdays where I'm, you know, devoting my time to filter unfiltered, the majority of that time I'm doing endless Google searches of 
organizations, events, conferences, and reaching out and, you know, personalizing an email for every single one. And then there's follow-up, there's phone calls and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a sales funnel. In order to book one gig, you've got to start with 50 leads and maybe three phone calls. And, you know, it just kind of works its way down from there. Um, So it's definitely a grind and it's definitely not the most well understood um, profession. Interesting. I would say. So it almost sounds like being in sales for yourself. Yes. Yes. And like I had said like for years that I would never <laughs> work in sales. So <laughs> yeah, but when the product is you and it's something that you believe in, it's a little bit easier, right? Right. It is a little weird. Like sometimes when I'm having a call, I like it's like a disassociative identity disorder sort of experience where like I'm talking about myself and it's funny because like I sometimes I've dealt with like really severe Mm -hmm. self-esteem issues and like self-worth issues. But when I'm on the phone talking about myself, it's like I'm talking about another person because I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I have a master's degree and I was an, uh, an adjunct faculty member at a university and, you know, like blah, 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 all this stuff. And then like I get off the phone and I'm like, oh. I look really fat in this picture, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, it's just interesting, like the sales part of it. Wow. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules, and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. So I think another misconception that a lot of people have about professional speakers is that you wake up one day and you decide, I'm going to be a professional speaker. Now, let me decide what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) When 
in reality, most of the professional speakers that you see on stage were, in fact, inspired by a life event, by something that happened to them or something that they experienced that they then feel called to share with others in order to change lives. That was certainly the case for me after experiencing severe burnout a few years ago, leaving my full-time job, knowing that there had to be a better way, but not knowing what it was, certainly knowing that although crisis communications, which is my previous career, was full of excitement and was a total adrenaline rush, that it wasn't the life that I wanted forever. And so that is what inspired me to begin speaking. But Felter, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I would love to hear what inspired you, what called you to share your story on the stage. Yeah. So um, it's been quite a journey. Um, you know, I, I look back, I reflect a lot and like, you know, take a lot of notes. Um, so I would say it really started probably like a year and a half ago. Um, so I was, you know, I was in a long-term relationship. I had been working at a job for several years that I loved and, you know, all these things. And I just, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, I was evaluating, you know, am I really happy? And I think when you're in a moment of extreme stress and, you know, all the things I was dealing with, you're not as aware what's happening to you right now, but you notice like these little changes over time where, you know, I was no longer working out. I was no longer cooking for myself. I wasn't listening to music that I like to listen to. Like you slowly over time realize like, who am I? Am am I even the person that I used to be or that I want to be? So I started seeing a therapist and just kind of dealing with like, literally I would Google midlife crisis at 25. Um, And, you know, just because that's a hundred percent what I was dealing with. Um, And so I started seeing a therapist and, you know, started making a lot of changes in my life, um, ended the relationship that I was in. I left the job, you know, I was doing all these things. And then I started dating a new person. And, you know, in my mind, it was like this amazing relationship. Everything was wonderful. And then it ended very abruptly. And I remember it was like 5 a.m. because I'm a crazy person and I was driving to the gym and I was just in absolute tears. And I called my mentor who is also awake at 5 a.m. And she said something to me that, you know, really inspired this whole, you know, rest of the professional journey. And she was like, you know, felt her like, this isn't about you. Like, this isn't about like him, you know, not liking you or whatever. He's like, he just doesn't see your worth. And she was like, and I don't think that you see your worth either. And I started thinking about that word worth and, you know, what that means. And, you know, your worth is I'm, this is my value and I will not accept anything less than that. And at that point in my life, I was allowing everyone else to make my decisions for me. I let my boss push me around. I let, you know, friends and family in my life tell me where I needed to live and what I needed to do. And so I initially started writing a book that was all about, you know, female empowerment and knowing your worth and all these things. 
And I worked on the book for several months and, you know, like it was going to be, oh, I'm going to publish this book, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of started thinking about it more like who the hell is going to buy my book? You know, like, okay, so I have like 20 friends that like me, but you know, like I need, Mm -hmm. I need a platform. And so then I, it came to me like, I need to get on Instagram. I need to grow this presence. I need to be a speaker. And then hating the job that I took when I left my job that I was at for six years is what ultimately inspired me to be like, Mm -hmm. I need to do this for real. Like I need to leave everything else behind because I kept finding myself saying like, oh, six months from now, I, you know, at that point I'll be good and then I'll do this or a year from now. And it's like, you know, I have an uncle that just um, passed away from ALS and in basically a year's time, he went from being perfectly normal to being on a ventilator in ICU. And that just really made me think like, you have no idea what, what's six months, six weeks, a year from now. So if there's something that you want to do, like do it now, get the spreadsheet, make it work because there's no reason to just sit back and be unhappy for Mm -hmm. an indefinite amount of time. Damn. So Lauren, you and I share a very similar story in a lot of ways. The the milestones are different, the the you know, the underlying the the details are different, but the plot point is actually really similar. And you and I are actually on the Enneagram, we are three wing fours, right? I think so, yeah. I yeah. find that other three with a four wings experience that same struggle or challenge when it comes to worth. And it seems that that's because, and I talked a little bit about this in episode 13, which was all about what I learned in my first year of motherhood. But it seems that a lot of those of us who are threes place or we find our value in our work. And whenever our work changes or whenever we don't have work, we're completely thrown for a loop on who we are and what value we have or what value we provide because we so closely associate who we are with what we can produce or how we can be productive. Um, Is that something that resonates with you? Yeah. So, you know, I really knew nothing about Enneagram. Like, you know, I've done like different personality tests before, but I I guess I'm maybe more like into astrology. Um, And so when I started seeing my therapist, she had me do an Enneagram test and, you know, we kind of figured out the results and we discussed it. And it was really eye opening because you know, basically when you're a three with a four wing, what is that? You're the achiever, but you're also the- I think sometimes the, it might be the, what's the four? individualist. Oh, I can't remember. 
Right. Okay. So it's, you're an achiever and you're an individualist. So like as an achiever, you're extremely image conscious and you want to be successful and you want to be seen as successful. And Mm -hmm. like everything that you do is part of your identity. But then as an individualist, it's like, I want to be different. And I want to be, you know, if I'm going to be known for something, like I don't want to be known for the same thing that this other person is known for. So there's a lot of um, conflict that occurs. And I mean, I, a a lot of what I've dealt with in going through therapy was putting so Mm. much of my worth in my appearance. And, Mm. you know, I think this is kind of like, when people talk about privilege, um, I think that being attractive is a privilege. I think that it gives you a, a ticket into a room. I mean, I'm going to be very honest, like as an attractive female, I can walk up to any man and start a conversation and that, you know, could get me ahead in my business or, you know, whatever. But I also think that for me, I put a lot mm-hmm. of my worth in my appearance. And so I thought of, you know, like what, as I got older and my body changed and I wasn't working out anymore. And it was like, I went Mm -hmm. up a pant size and in my head I was disgusting, you know, because I had put so much of my worth in being put together and, you know, I'll get personal that. um, So one of the things I talk about is sexual assault. And I was sexually assaulted about five years ago and something that I had to work through and deal with was, so it happened to me in a public space. I was in a skirt and heels and I was, you know, very confident about how I was dressed that day. And when I was healing from that, I put a lot of blame on myself. And, you know, if I wouldn't have been dressed that way, it wouldn't have happened. And so I had such a conflict with my self image of, you know, I like to get dressed up and I like to look good and that makes me feel good. But if I do this, someone may do something to me. So it's, it's my fault. And, you know, there are all these like very complex things that I worked through. Um, But I, yes, I do think that a lot of that stems from, um, you know, the three with a four wing Um, and my therapist jokes, she's like, you know, y'all are very special. Um, She's like, but I really feel for you. (laughs) Well, it sounds like it's been a really good and very productive and worthwhile experience for you and a a good and important relationship to have. So Felter, as we're wrapping Mm -hmm. up today, I love to end on kind of a kind of a fun note, kind of, you know, a reflective note. And I would love to know, um, like looking back, looking back on yourself, your 20 year old self in particular, what advice would you give 20-year-old Lauren Felter? I think I would tell my 20-year-old self to not give a shit what people think about you. Um, I spent a lot of my 20s worried about, oh, I don't want to do this because this person might think this. Or like every decision that I made, I was so self-conscious. I just straight up didn't do things because I mean, like simple things Mm -hmm. like going to a workout class at the Y, which is literally 
filled with older people. Like it's not even like, you know, there were people that I knew or people my age and like just being so self-conscious about what if I do it wrong or what if I mess up or what if someone sees me, you know, like, and I just, I limited myself from so many things at a young age because I was just so afraid of what other people thought. Um, And that's like really what I'm trying to work toward is like freeing myself of guilt and freeing myself of that insecurity um, because it's it's just not productive. Um, And, you know, like you, you owe it to yourself Mm -hmm. um, to, and I love that even though you can't turn back the clock and give this advice to yourself, you're now creating opportunities to share this advice with women who are in their 20s, who are in those, who are in that same phase of life now. So Lauren, before we go, I would love for you to tell us first, what's next for you? And second, where can people find you to keep up with your travels and everything that you have going on in 2020? So what is next is I really have no idea. (laughs) Um, You know, I've been like, so sale pending on my home. I close in like a week and a half. Um, I am going to be in New Orleans for a little bit. I'm going to Italy with a friend um, for, you know, like personal vacation because my life isn't enough of a vacation. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, beginning in April and May, like starting my journey of taking my show on the road. Um, so it'll be me and my Hyundai Tucson. Um, I'm hoping first on the list, I'm thinking like Nashville, DC, New York, Boston, like trying to get some of like the East coast done. And then at the tail end of the year, I want to go over to the other side of the country and do, um, like Denver, Seattle, San Francisco, San Diego, maybe Austin. Um, so that is what's next for me. And then, you know, just continuing to grow and try to expand my reach and just try to help people. That's ultimately my goal is I just don't want anyone else to live the way that I did. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to feel that they have the power within them to be true to themselves, live authentically, feel good about themselves. And, you know, just do things that make them happy and bring them joy. Um, And so I share a lot of this on my Instagram. Um, So I am felter.unfiltered. I also have a blog that I write what I think is very funny things. (laughs) Um, I just published a blog post about what's worse, um, job interviews or first dates. Yeah. And it's getting a lot of really good traction. Um, so my website is filteronfilter.com. Um, and then I am on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, but is anybody even using those anymore? <laughs> we'll, we'll put it all in the show notes. Just yeah. Yes. Perfect. Well, Felder, thank you so much for spending some time with me this morning, for sharing your story, for 
bringing your genuine, authentic self to the podcast. I'm so excited to see where in the world is Lauren Felter in this upcoming year and following your adventures on Instagram and seeing how you flourish in your business as a speaker, as you tell your story and change lives. So thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you. Yes, I had a great time. Alrighty, so that wraps my interview with Felter that was recorded a few months ago when the world looked a bit different. Since then, I've had the opportunity to catch up with Felter and hear about what life looks like now that her travel plans have been postponed. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Hey, Anna. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm making it, I guess. So... Tell us what life looks like now since you aren't able to kick off your year of travel quite yet. So I am in my new room in my parents' house, um, which is not the room that I grew up in as a child because that is now an office Mm -hmm. and the grandkids' room. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sold my house and... um, was supposed to be here for like eight days. (laughs) And um, I've been here for like two months now. So it just, uh, it kind of all snowballed at just the, uh, you know, the exact time that everything was really kicking off for me. Wow, that's, that's crazy timing, especially since you had only planned to be there for eight days. What has you know, what is adjusting from that eight-day timeline to the two-month-plus timeline looked like for you? So for probably the first month, um, I was kind of in denial. So, you know, at first it was like, oh, you know, this – I was supposed to go to Nashville for a speaking gig, and it was like, okay, that got canceled. And then there was like another trip. Oh, I was supposed to go to Italy. And, you know, we had to cancel that. And so it was just kind of like slowly, like my calendar started to free up and it was like, hmm, okay, I'm going to be here for longer than I thought. And then it was like, oh, we're going on lockdown. Mm -hmm. And so for probably the first month, I, you know, because I was in like that denial that like, oh, I don't live here. I'm just kind of staying here for a little bit. Like there were boxes piled up everywhere and like my clothes were all over the floor. Like I wasn't, I I wasn't like moved in. It was like, I was just here for the weekend and I was like working off of a table in like the den. And then I guess it was last week. I kind of, one day I was just like, you know what? I didn't think I would be living at my parents' house at 28, but I am. And I need this to be my space. So I spent nine hours hauling stuff up to the attic and, you know, packing, kind of getting things out of boxes that I would need for however long um, and, you know, reorganizing the closet and, and setting up a space that it's like, I can own this and I can feel like this is mine. And, you know, I live here and, it's nice and tidy. Um, and so that has definitely helped with like my mental clarity that, you know, I, I feel pride in the space that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is an odd thing to think that during a pandemic, I'm quarantined 
with my parents. Yeah. You really could not have expected that at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure I'll laugh about it one day, but right now it's just like, okay, let's make it through this. Yeah, no, exactly. I really hope that we get to look back at this time and, you know, however we process it, whether we're laughing or, or whatever, gosh, it's just also weird and crazy. So I'd love to know, since this is something that you've gone through, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who's listening, who's either struggling with lost travel plans or putting big or putting like the brakes on big goals or, you know, just having everything turned upside down? What advice would you give someone who's dealing with that? Um, So it's funny, like sometimes I have to remind myself of like some of my own talking points when I'm in a struggle. Um, And one of the things that I'm really big on is that you don't have to be strong. You just have to be resilient. Because in my mind, the term strong means like, you should be wise enough and smart enough to know what harm is about to come upon you and that you should be able to navigate away from that. Whereas resilient to me means no matter what happens, I will get through it and I will rise. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I have to remind myself of that in, you know, like I could not have prevented this. No one could have prevented this, but I can choose to be resilient and I can choose to rise from it. Um, And so right now, Honestly, I don't know what that looks like. I, um, I've been going on a lot of walks, like hour and a half long walks. And I just kind of listen to music and just try to like brainstorm and let things come to me. Um, because I predict that there will not be large gatherings for maybe as long as 18 months. And so I can't just say like, oh, I'm a professional speaker, but you know, I'm just waiting for those events to come back. (laughs) Um, So I am thinking, you know, like what else can I do? What are some other ways that, you know, I can still be true to my values and my desires and why I ultimately pursued this, but how can I apply those things to this new normal? Um, and so I, I don't know what that looks like yet. And I don't have all the answers and I definitely do not wake up every day feeling amazing, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, this is like, hopefully a once in a lifetime experience and it will all teach us a lot of things about ourselves and our resiliency. Yeah. Lauren, that's, that's fantastic. Just focusing on being resilient letting ideas come to you, giving yourself that space, um, being realistic about what the future of big events look like, looks like and how that affects your industry. I'm just, I'm really impressed with, you know, the thoughtfulness that you have put into this and how you're using your time. And, you know, before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Um, I would just say that I, I talked to, I had like a teletherapy session with my therapist last week and I felt so guilty, you know, talking about how shitty this is because I'm like this poor woman probably has just like hour after hour of everyone talking about, you know, how they're bored and they're eating too much and, you know, their plans are messed up and blah, blah, blah. 
But one of the things that she said to me was, you know, she was like, probably the great, the best thing that you can do right now is exercise. So I recently got into running and I've been trying to run every other day, but she's like, even on days that you don't run, like just go for a walk for 20 minutes or, you know, just do something. And honestly, that has really helped. It's helped because I can get out of the house and I can tell my parents like, um, you know, I'm just going to have this time to myself right now. Um, clear my thoughts, listen to music. Um, I think I bet a lot of people really miss driving and having that time to themselves where they get their thoughts in order, listen to music, listen to a podcast. And so I think by going for a walk, it kind of makes up for that, that time alone that you would typically have. Yeah. I love that. Lauren, thank you so much for, giving me, you know, a few minutes of your time this afternoon to let us catch up with you and, you know, hear how things have changed since we recorded that interview. Um, So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good to talk. (laughs) And there you have it. Uh, You can find links to the productivity tools that Lauren mentioned in her episode, as well as everything that you need to stay in touch with her over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 26. And if your time staying at home has inspired you to start making the moves in the direction of new goals, whether that's pursuing a new career, bringing your business online, or simply getting control of your stay-at-home schedule, and you're ready to take the next step and become one of my executive or professional coaching clients, I would love to talk with you. Head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me and decide whether executive or professional coaching is the best fit for you. Complete the quick two-minute application and get on my calendar for one full hour, no strings attached, to craft your vision and get a taste of what coaching with me is like. Again, that's AnnaDCornick.com forward slash work with me. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.